Welcome back to the Extended Play Podcast. This is part two of the country episode. Stick around for the end of today's episode when we'll have our premiere installment of My Five. But for now, let's get right back into it. So to wrap up the discussion with a little bit of uh, positivity and, and, and staying mindful of the fact that there's always good in every genre, regardless of how much you may not like where the popular part of the genre is going or, you know, um, what you see the most Mm -hmm. it's out there. And maybe with some luck that uh, these artists that we're about to talk about, will maybe pull things a little bit back. Uh, towards the old days of country right, right where it it does pick up the things both the instrumentation that he talked about that we both wonder why did it go away mm-hmm. i mean who doesn't like steel guitar it's amazing right or harmonica yeah um maybe that brings that back maybe it brings back sincerity mm. and that would be nice we could right? all <laughs> right emotional real um, honesty right real sincerity not trying to fit into a particular group but one one thing that I did notice in so in preparing for this, uh, E and I both you know went through and looked at a bunch of different artists, and I think it's telling. And I guess I said positivity, but this is one more thing to shit on. <laughs> um, when you know it, it's not black and white to say country versus rock versus you know whatever else. There's a lot of genres that bleed into each other. But I thought it was interesting that whenever an artist was a good songwriter. Mm-hmm. Whenever an artist was a good songwriter, they stopped being called country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I have, I have two examples that I am very much uh, in love with right now. They're, they're in my top five uh, of artists that I listen to these days. And, and I think most outsiders would call them country music and not think twice about it. Um, so I did a little research. Okay, well, are they country? Mm. Do I like country now? Right. Which, which would be nice. Yeah, right, you know, sure. Be, you know, who doesn't like exploring a new genre? More new music. I mean, exactly. yeah, it's awesome. So I dig into it a little bit. And the, the two artists I'm talking about are Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson. Won't be the last time you hear me say their names. I And you've mentioned them before yeah, about how passionate I, you are about yeah, their music. I mean, it's, they're going to be, in, and you know me, I have a relatively small stable of old reliables, and they are part of that stable now. Um so I did a little, you know, and even something as simple as looking at the Wikipedia page of artists mm-hmm. because it lists what genres they are. Oh, okay. Um, you know, if you look at ones, you think, oh, this guy, you know, good musician, good mm-hmm. songwriter. Mm-hmm. Watch, it's going to say singer songwriter. No kidding. Yeah. And they, even though it's clearly country. Right. And Ish. right. So the, it's, I, I just think it's kind of humorous or telling or both that if someone is sincere. Mm-hmm. And is doing it as art. Yes. They almost subconsciously get classified as singer-songwriter. Sure, yeah. But if they're making it as just, again, this choreographed, overproduced Mm -hmm. for the masses, Mm -hmm. they call it country. Wow, yeah. And, you know, that's it's sad, it's unfortunate that the label country has devolved into what it is. For sure. Instead of becoming a new thing. Right. And again, the same thing has happened to hip hop. I think, unfortunately, hmm. um, there are a, a million parallels there we could point to. Absolutely, what 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 was called hip hop in the '90s and what people are calling it today. Right, it's it's a pretty sad decline. Yeah, and, and you have to look for outliers. And, again, and it ventures right into pop, exactly like country has. Right, right. Where all the the top records in the country is on pop radio are are rap songs. Right, right, right. And it's and that that will be a future episode. Neither one of us is thrilled with the direction of mainstream hip-hop right uh, thankfully there's plenty of people on the edges of it that right. are still carrying the torch and doing great work but right. um so it, it's not necessarily unique to country but um it's been the most uh, certainly the lengthiest transition and uh, mm-hmm. maybe the most complete transition mm-hmm. um so the next step after seeing how uh let's say independent parties classified uh mr isbell and mr simpson I was curious, well, how do they see themselves? Um, you know, they're the artist. Right. So, you know, a little bit more digging. And again, the funny thing is neither one of them sees himself as a country artist. Mm-hmm. They have different reasons for it. Sturgill Simpson is more, um, you know, I, I read somewhere someone asked if Sturgill Simpson was country and someone said, no, 
he's a, a, a semi truck with 9,000 pounds of crystal meth with no brakes veering off the highway. Okay. And I think that's a pretty accurate description of the person and his music. Um, he doesn't want to be called country because he doesn't want to be called anything. Sure. And his catalog makes that obvious. He's, he did two or three pretty much old school country albums. Okay. He's admitted as such in interviews that it was because he had to. Oh, he went to Nashville. Oh, he got a record contract. Oh, okay. You know, no one wants to fuck around on their first day in the office. Right. right, right so sure. it's like, well, here you go. Here's right. your country music. Right, I can do that. Right. And as soon as he had the chance to do something different, he did. And he put out bluegrass album. He put out, including E's favorite with dude and Juanita. <laughs> oh man. Love that tune. Yep. Love it. Love dude. <laughs> Great name. Stupid and um, fucking dog. <laughs> And, uh, and he put out Sound and Fury, which is an industrial rock record. And uh, he's just all over the place. And then he went back and covered all his old songs as bluegrass songs, because why not? Right. So for him, it was more, don't put me in a box. For Jason Isbell, when you look into his apprehension about being called country, and a lot of different pillars of the country community have reached out to him to bring him into the fold, because... Um, you know, it, his talent is undeniable. Sure. And and I, again, un, until further notice, he's the best living songwriter, period. Mm. Well, I guess Dylan's still alive, right? He is still alive. Uh, all right. Well. What have be- you done for me lately, Dylan? Right, exactly. <laughs> but the, the, the best current songwriter of, you know, of my generation. Uh, Certainly. I, I don't think it's even close. Certainly. So, but he, so they, with his talent, he, they've, different people and organizations have, have extended an olive branch and he's been, it's been mixed reaction. Mm. Sometimes he embraces it but by and large he tries to distance himself and if you look into why he's not comfortable with the history of country music and mm. he doesn't want to be associated with it yeah it's very um, telling right and he at one example that you know again the, my man crush on him just intensifies but <laughs> um a few years ago he did a residency at the ryman auditorium which is uh, it's like the apollo you know for country music yeah. it's it's the holy mecca yeah and he intentionally selected all black female singers as his opening acts because they just didn't have many chances to perform yeah. at Ryman auditorium baller move. Right. So he's, he has his tendencies. They're pretty obvious. Yeah. And, but he, because of that does not want to be lumped in for, you know, I'm sure for some of the reasons we talked about mm-hmm. and he wants to do his own thing, but he is very much by instrument and by content, a country artist. If you play Jason Isbell for somebody that has never heard him before, if I played it for my wife, she would go, this is a country, this is a country song. Right. Right. There's, there's no way you would say anything else. Right. And, um, and again, maybe that's, it's why I like it. And it's why I like, yeah, let's say quote unquote real country music. Yeah, sure. Cause it has that sincerity. Yeah. Right. Um, but he chooses to, for, for, let's say for more political reasons than artistic reasons to not want to be identified with the group. Sure. Which is pretty fascinating, but, um, but who knows, maybe over time, they, they meaning, you know, the, the country music monolith in, mm-hmm. in Isbell, mm-hmm. maybe can bend that fence and, you know, maybe he can, he can use his talent and maybe increasing star power right. to drag the, the median of the genre up. Yeah. And it happens, right? Music go, does go through phases, right? Mm-hmm. There was a time right after Garth Brooks and Shania Twain where Americana bluegrass, like with the old brother, where Arthur soundtrack. Yeah became hugely popular, like winning Grammys, selling tons of records. And it was seen as a response to pop country. We may be on the edge of the next response to pop country and maybe Isbell leads it. Right. I, I hope he does. I do. And I, I mean, and there's a laundry list of people I need to get into. I think Tyler Childers, there's, when you start looking, he, there, these two aren't alone. There's a lot. Right. And I am actually looking forward to getting into them. And, uh, and I think Chris Stapleton is also, yeah, Maybe right in the middle, like between the, yes, the two. Yes, I would say so. Right? Because he's appreciated by most country-liking right. people. Right. He could be like the Run DMC, like the crossover oh, that, yeah. that gets just enough attention sure. to you know, open the door. Right. So so it's not like all hope is lost, and it's not like there aren't good elements. It's not like there are not worthwhile and super talented artists under the country umbrella. It's just that curiously, they oftentimes don't want to be in that group. Right. And... I guess it's an open-ended question. What will it take for that to change? Right. And let's hope it does, because there's no reason that country music shouldn't be something for Americans to be proud of, just like jazz. Right. Absolutely. Um, And I guess, you know, most anger comes from disappointment, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. that's why we're so angry about it is what was kind of a great art form has just evolved into to this or or and what what it could be, right? When you when you're listening to your favorite country ish artists and 
you're getting those feelings, right, of how unique it can be because of the instrumentation, because of the story. It is. It's a disappointment. Like, why isn't more? Why isn't there more? Right. And that's, I mean, if there's one theme throughout all of our episodes is that we we just want more, right? We're just we're just so curious and hungry for new new experiences that make us feel something, right? Something authentic. And it's a bummer that an entire genre essentially can't do that for us. Right. Right. At, le- at least the quote unquote successful. Right people in that genre. Right. And okay. So we're talking about sort of exceptions to our rules. A, a couple of them for me. Um, I think, you know, I had friends that listened to country music in high school during that boom, the Garth Brooks boom, but I never really got into it. Um, I think it, I first got turned on to country ish music in college. Um, Tank and I both went to Michigan state university, uh, go green, go white. And there was a show on, they have an amazing uh, student run radio station, right? Um, they win the award every year as the best radio station out there in, in college radio. And they have um, thematic shows every night of the week. And one of the nights was uh, a show called Progressive Torch and Twang, hmm. which I think is a great name, just generally mm-hmm. like, oh, that describes a lot of it. That's when I was introduced to Uncle Tupelo. Again, if you put on an Uncle, Uncle Tupelo record, particularly the one that I was introduced to, which is March 16th through 20th, 1992, it's the name of the album, which is... Yeah. Not, not weak, <laughs> not the smoothest. No, um, it's country. It is as traditional country as you can get, even though these guys are from uh, the suburbs of Illinois, which is a whole other issue about authenticity, right? Do you need to be from the place where it originated? Right. right. It's like the, the band, right? The yeah. band is from Canada, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. They're, they're ostensibly Southern. Absolutely. Rock, yeah. yeah. Um, and what did I love about Uncle Tupelo? It was the emotional honesty. It was the tales of struggle, right? Um, because I think I mentioned this in the past, what I love about hip-hop so much is when I hear stories of things that are so unlike my own life. Mm-hmm. It's something that brings about empathy in me. And hearing about people who struggle and thinking about what I might might have done to <laughs> contribute to that struggle or ways that I struggle, whether emotionally or economically or whatever, I don't know. It makes me feel something. And Uncle Tupelo was a band right away where, where that did it for me. And then, of course, I followed into, you know, when they split and became essentially Sunvolt and Wilco, that is where I just I just started following that that those branches of that tree. And to this day, you know, and, and I'll get into it, I think, in the My Five, um, Wilco, Wilco, one of my favorite bands, which is, you know, I get it. I'm a 40-ish something white guy who likes Wilco. I get the stereotype. Yeah, I like the national too. Like, big fucking deal. Sorry. I'm not going to apologize. I like them. They make great music. Right. Whatever. Um, but I'll tell you what. If you go to the record store and you go look for an Uncle Tupelo record or you look for a Wilco record, it's not in the country section. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really telling. Right. right? Where pretty much everybody says, but if you played it for someone who didn't know, it's it sounds like country. Right. And, you know, and, and we owe it to ourselves, I think, to explore, you know, there's a ton of other genres. There's, there's alt country, Americana, bluegrass, even ambient country, which apparently is oh, a thing. I'm super into it right now. Right. Yes. So, um, it's, it, it's not to say it's a sweeping indictment of everything related to it. It's a general disappointment mm-hmm. in what the, the mainstream of the genre yeah. has become. Yeah. Look at it this way. We find things we love about the genre right? The style of music. We just wish more people were into it. Right. We, we wish more people were into that kind of music than what they are. Right. It, it's really, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, born of frustration. Absolutely. But we did manage to find uh, examples of things that we like that are not necessarily quote unquote country, but either A, they should be, mm-hmm. or... <laughs> Or B, they're tangential to it, but we think it encompasses the the qualities, whether it's the instrumentation, um, the the point of view of the lyrics, mm-hmm. um, that we think are close enough to country that uh, we believe serve as maybe a good gateway drug. If you are not a huge country fan, and or maybe are kind of interested in skirting around the outside of the genre, we think that these are songs that are... Uh, good representatives and yeah. our personal favorite. This is a great way to start the My Five feature because we've got a lot of positive feedback from the first season that people were turned on to new artists by listening to us, which I think is incredible, right? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And and, and for the record, I am, it's no secret, E is much more exploratory than I am. And I have bought probably a dozen albums since we've started recording just from the Playlist Challenge. Yeah, and vice versa. The stuff that I would have not 
I would have not considered Tank has opened my ears to him. Um, and pants. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's when the, when the mics go off, the pants come down. <laughs> so with, uh, with that, we present the inaugural edition of My Five. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> And now it is time for the hotly anticipated world premiere of our My Five segment. Uh, this is sort of like the redheaded stepchild of the playlist challenge. Um, mm. Apologies to all the gingers out there. Right. I mean, you know, it's not personal. Um, so it's kind of like a playlist challenge where there's a theme. We pick five songs. The difference is we're not picking it for the other guy. We are picking it for ourselves. So it's kind of like, here's my list for the theme. Um, fucking deal with it. Fucking deal with it. A <laughs> little more personal. Um, you know, they will probably end up being a little bit more serious down the road. Uh, whereas playlist challenges are more just kind of, you know, seeing new stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find stuff that fits a kind of a, a wacky theme. Um, so that's what we're going to do going forward. You'll see a few of those this season. We think the best way to kick it off is to pick five songs that we are saying are country ish. Mm-hmm. And by that, we mean, it's not all negativity when it comes to the the umbrella, the big tent of country music. Yeah. The things you just heard us kind of, you know, bitching and moaning about uh, for the last hour or so are true. But that doesn't mean there's not things within the genre that are still very good or things in genres that are not country, but encapsulate a lot of the same things that we like about country music. The slide guitar, the, right, right. the storytelling, mm-hmm. the sincerity. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did. We, that was the, the mission is pick some songs that are either maybe on the edges of the country music tent that we think are very good mm-hmm. and that we like, or things that aren't quite country, but it's like, you know what, if you like the, the basics of country, you might like this stuff also. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, as I was looking through my, as I was preparing my list, I noticed, you know, we get, we bagged on country music generally for the, uh, for the fan base in a lot of ways, right. And the, the connection between some pretty dark things about American history and people who listen to country music. Right. And as I look through my list, I, it, it was reflected in my list, right. I listened to a lot of this kind of music, this sort of country ish country adjacent music. And as I looked at my list, it was either groups or solo artists that were white and one female out of the five groups. Now I probably could have been a little more balanced when it comes to male, female. I didn't take that into consideration. I just thought here's some stuff that I really love. Um, but it was, it's very telling that I listened to this stuff a lot and I could not, there were no people of color that came to mind as far as something I listened to. And that's, as we mentioned before, it's a problem when your music is that exclusionary. All genres are exclusionary by nature. You have to be right. You have to have certain things that you do, um, that other genres don't, but as far as who makes it that again, that's what made us a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm, I'm, and I'm disappointed that my list can't right now anyway, include, um, can can't be a little more diverse right and it's but it's also not you know and we had talked about this it's also not the right thing to do to sort of force something right and to say right all right well here's a token right you know whether it's female right uh african-american like that doesn't really do it either and again we'll keep making these comparisons to hip-hop you would probably have the same problem with with the big exception yeah, yeah. that anyone you know there's a very good chance that eminem shows up on a sure best of yeah so you know, I guess, and maybe some people would argue that is Darius Rucker. I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think, think he's so. held in that kind of esteem. No, I don't think so either. Um, but um, no, but I, I think it is kind of somewhat, you know, unfortunately telling, but, you know, yeah. we're also not going to just kind of force the issue. And, you know, yeah. again, the artistic integrity of the My Five. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, right. We've already held that the playlist challenge is sacred. We <laughs> can't right. fuck around with the My Five. That's right. Uh, okay. So that being said, um, let's get after it. Um, I mentioned earlier in the episode that um, my one of my first introductions to sort of um, the outskirts, the, um, the edges of country music was a band called uncle Tupelo. Um, so it only made sense that I picked a song from them. So, uh, the song I picked was looking for a way out.
absolutely love this song. Obviously, I chose it for my five, and it's the first one I wanted to talk about. But um, a million things I like about this song. Jay Farrar, who is the lead vocalist, uh, at least on this track, he shared a lead uh, vocal duties with Jeff Tweedy, who went on to form Wilco. I think I mentioned this before. Jay Farrar went on to form Sunbolt. Farrar's voice on this track is so powerful. It's undeniably country-ish. There seems to be a twang there, again, even though they're from Illinois. Um, but uh, as I, I know Tank would notice that the, his voice is way up in the mix. <laughs> like, I feel like it's pretty prominent. You seem to always... Yeah, it's not... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not It's not quite the anti-sugar, no, but it's... Yeah, it, it's up it's there. Up there. Um, really dig his voice. It's just so powerful. Um what I like about this song is that it toes the line between that sort of country twang and real sort of rock. I mean, the, there, there's loud guitars, there's distortion going on. There is, it's not perfect. Like as you're listening to um, the instrumental sections, they don't always nail the same part the same way, which I really, I dig the imperfections. I dig people that are pushing it and don't care to be that precise. In fact, that is the anti-country on pop, uh, the country pop we were talking about earlier, which is so incredibly precise as to sound like it all comes out of a machine. Right, which it probably does. Yeah, um, so that's one of the many reasons I love this song. I love the harmonies between Farrar and Tweedy. Tweedy sings in a higher register than Farrar does, and the balance is really nice during the parts where they harmonize. Another thing I really like about this is that if one telltale feature of country music is our lyrics about small town life this has it but it has it in a way that is not you know eye rolling uh, or it doesn't induce eye rolling i want to quote part of it here where he, where um for our sings what has life for 50 years in this town done for you except to earn your name and place on a bar stool you spent your whole life in this county you've never been out of state you say you're gonna make it out before it's too late and i love that i love that you're getting the small town vibe but you've got you've got a narrator who's saying there's more out there Small town life, while having its charm, right? There's other stuff out there, and you'd be foolish not to explore it. And, I, and it's just really honest, I, I really feel like. And it's what I really loved about that part. Yeah, not much more I have to say about that. I really love that song. Um, there are a million Uncle Tupelo songs I could choose. I think that's a good introduction to anyone who doesn't know Uncle Tupelo because it's so rock. I, I feel like the riffs are pretty heavy. Um, so if you're not really into country, that might be a good place to start. And I think that's on the album Still Feel Gone, if you want to check that out. And speaking of Jeff Tweedy and Wilco, uh, my second choice is Poor Places by Wilco. He's just been broken, his bandages wrapped too tight. His fangs have been pulled and I really want to see you tonight. Someone tells a boy now, like Sunvolt, it was hard for me to choose a song from Wilco. I, I know I make, again, I make no apologies uh, for, for really loving Wilco. Um, this is from, Poor Places is from Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which is considered Wilco's magnum opus, right? Even people that- Yankee <laughs> Hotel Foxtrot. Nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and that's, I, I love that this is one of the, I think it's the only song in the album that at the end has the number station. It has it in there. Yeah, yeah that's sorry. where they I get just, the title from. By the way, people out there, look into number stations. It's fucking fascinating. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot written about Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's a sort of darling when it comes to indie music, right? I think it received a perfect 10 out of 10 on Pitchfork when it came out. It just celebrated its 20th, 20th anniversary, and there's a big uh, box set that came out. I got not the 11 album one, but the seven album ones, which had, which had alternate versions and live cuts. Cool tidbit about this uh, album, for those of you who are not um, as into this kind of stuff as we are, is that um, director Sam Jones did a documentary on the making of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot because the idea was to capture the moment right before Wilco really went gigantic, right? It was seen, there was they were right on the edge of being... Um, really popular and they were recording an album that a lot was riding on it and they wanted to capture it for a documentary. And, um, I'll, I'll save what happens in the documentary because I really, um, you should go see it. It's called, I am trying to break your heart, but things go sideways in the recording of it. The band partially breaks up the, the album does not, they turn the album into the record label. The record label says, no, thanks. We don't want it. We don't, we don't hear a single and they, um, have to take it back and figure out what to do from there. It's infinitely quotable. There's so much good behind the music type stuff, um, inside baseball type stuff. And if we're going to talk lyrically about how bored we are with 
pop country lyrics. These uh, lyrics are the lyrics on Yankee Hotel Foxtrot are truly unique. Tweedy does. You can read his. He's got a book called um, How to Write One Song, where he explains his songwriting process. He also has a memoir where he explains it a little bit. And he does these um, word and sentence games to kind of create sort of nonsensical sentences. And they end up sounding beautiful, like poetry. And it's 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 180 degrees from pop country. So love it. Um, Check out Wilco. As far as a place to start, if you're not into Wilco already, I actually think Yankee Hotel Foxtrot might be a good place to start. Next up is Nico Case, I Wish I Was the Moon. This is an older song. Um, she's put out more than a few albums since this track. Um, I love Nico Case's voice. It's um, it's just so powerful. Um, I was actually first introduced to Nico Case through the New Pornographers, which is like this super group of Canadian artists that she's in, which is definitely more indie rock and indie pop leaning. But this track in particular, what I love about it, I love the use of the, whether it's a slide guitar or the pedal steel, I'm not totally sure. Um, The way it's recorded, it sounds, um, I don't know, you can hear the room as you're listening to it. Like it sounds big. In the final episode of season one, I talked a little bit about the album uh, The Seldom Seen Kid by Elbow and how I really liked Guy Garvey's voice because he could hold a note for a long time without the wobble. Nico Case is great with this. She's got such a powerful voice. She's got the little bit of the, um, there's a little bit of a southernness to it at times, but other times it's just full-blown, holding these long notes, torch singing. It's it's really incredible. Um, I love the imagery in this song. I love how she's playful with gender. She talks about herself being a man and you don't, and so it's a nice reminder that the, uh, it's a nice reminder to pay attention uh, to the difference between the narrator and the person singing the song. Um, I think it's just a beautiful song. There's not much more I can say about that. I really love it. Next up for me is a song called Farewell Transmission by Songs Ohio. picked any number of songs by the artist Jason Molina, who was behind Songs Ohio. He he has some songs that are under his own name, some songs that are under Songs Ohio, some songs that are under uh, Magnolia Electric Company. He's kind of all over the map between forming bands and then disbanding them. This song in particular, the slide guitar that opens, and that is constant throughout the whole song, I, I just adore. Um, again, it gives this feeling of wide open spaces. The beat itself, the rhythm is just relentless. It basically is the same. It's the same tempo through the entire song. It never really stops. There's no noticeable, there's no distinct real chorus to this song, which can be off-putting or, or um, discomforting, but I, I really like it in this, in this instance. This is an eight plus minute song. And so it's so and so to not have any choruses, I think it's really audacious to to have a song that's eight plus minutes long and not to have any real chorus. The imagery in this song, Melina's famous for um singing a lot about ghosts and about open highways and about being haunted. To me, that lines up with sort of old school country imagery from way back in the day, right? Um, it's not how I think. I certainly don't ever think about ghosts or um, he anthropomorphizes himself as a hawk or as a as a bird and just kind of bizarre stuff that I would never think to do as a writer. Um, and it's really, it draws me into the music and makes it very distinct. Um, his voice is nowhere near perfect, which I love right? Um, For years, I think, um, growing up, you're so indoctrinated with everyone's voice needs to be perfect and it needs to sound like a pop song does. And his voice is not perfect. And and he makes mistakes. And I love that about the song and about him generally. 
Uh, I've read an entire biography on Jason Molina. He's a fascinating dude. He left, uh, he died way too early, had a lot of issues around alcohol. And um, one of the things I read about in his, uh, by one of his biographies was that this song was completely unrehearsed. He gave them the the music for it, had the lyric, they had the lyrics to look at. They did it in one, they did, they did two takes of it, I believe. And this was it. This is what ends up on the record. And in fact, at the very end of it, there's this really cool part. And I hope you listen to it after. <laughs> and you can tell it. there's a point at the end where he says, listen, they're singing this refrain over and over again, long, dark blues, long, dark blues. And Molina saying, listen, and that's actually not supposed to be in the song. He is giving instruction to the band. Like, this is how you're supposed to sing this part. But they kept it in, and it's on rhythm with the rest of the the rest of the verse. It's just so beautiful, and uh, again, so imperfect and endearing. Love it so much. My final track is from a band called Sus, and the song is Midnight. Could have chose any number of songs by Sus. Uh, they're they're uh, all instrumentals. There's no vocals in any of their tracks, and they're typically categorized as ambient country, which sounds a little strange. I know we mentioned it earlier in the episode, but imagine the soundtrack to a really good western, a really dark western, and not sort of your typical spaghetti western, right? Where you're you're you've got an open plain and you've got a couple lonesome <laughs> cowboys. Um, with not much to look at. I got into ambient country from a um, email newsletter called Flow State. I highly recommend that if you're into ambient music. Uh, I recommend it just if you like sort of background music, right? If you don't want to think too much about what you're listening to, if you just sort of need a soundtrack to working. But um, yeah, I love anything by Sus. Um, they, they're they pr- fairly pr- prolific. They've been putting out a lot of stuff recently. I love the pedal steel. I love the slide guitar. I love the harmonica. I love all the effects they have on all of it. That's the other thing. It's just not straight up instrumentation of those sort of classic country instruments. There's also some other stuff going on, a lot of effects around it. And um, it creates a ghostly feel at some times. Other times it creates a really warm feel. I can recommend a number of people in this genre. There's also a band I've been listening to lately called North Americans. And uh, they're also in a very similar vein. I would highly recommend them. And you can also check out um, one of the um, players in Sus has his own podcast on Spotify. I think it's a Spotify exclusive Um, And it's called Ambient Country. And he'll sort of talk you through some of his favorite songs, including some of the songs his band wrote. So uh, really dig this kind of music. It's great for working. It's great for reading. Um, So yeah, I hope people check it out. And that's my five. Let's uh, swing it over to Tank and hear uh, some of his country-ish choices. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, so my five are pretty much along the same vein of things that are you know, close enough to country that some people might call it country, but technically it's not. Um, but again, I think it contains some of the elements of what makes country music great and um, done in a way that's a little bit different, but I think the people who like country might dig it. So um, first example of that, that I'm going to throw out there as my five is, uh, and I will say from the song title alone, this has to be the most country <laughs> song title I've ever heard. Um so Ray LaMontagne, uh, it, the song is called God Willin' and the Creek Don't Rise. Carolina mountains, the sun sets up in ribbons high. I don't ever want to get old, never want to die. And she instead. 
to drive us all insane Nearly lost a few head up in the pines You know, and even the lyrics of this one are pretty generic old school country. Okay. I mean, they're they're herding cattle. <laughs> they're on the plane. I think someone has dysentery. <laughs> um, so... And and this is the title track from the album God Willing and the Creek Don't Rise, and it this the whole album kind of has this feel to it. And again, we when you say Ray Lamontagne, no one identifies him as a country artist. No, definitely not. But if you were to just play this album and specifically this song and say, "What is that?" Most people would say, "Well, that's country, mm-hmm, obviously." Mm-hmm. It's slide the guitar up the ass, yeah, <clears throat> which is the name of my first solo album, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's, you know, it's got all the, the lyrical features of, you know, a classic country song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a great song. I mean, I, I love this album, love this song. And um, yeah, it definitely fits the mold of it's not country, but it, it really should be. Yeah, I love this song too. I agree. So next up along those same lines is a song from a, a band, a rock band, most people would say, The Black Crows, which I am... Uh, very big fan of mm-hmm. as a matter of time until they found their way into the podcast. But um, they have a song called Good Friday. So fun fact, I play this song. The first thing I do every Good Friday. No kidding. Once a year is play this song. No kidding. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Do you play New Year's Day on New Year's Day? No, I do not. No. I am not, not nearly not a, big good a YouTube fan. Yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's not a good song. <laughs> um, no, but it's it's a great song, but it's very heavy on steel guitar. Um, it is, you know, it's about a lost love and it's got kind of a a ballad sing-songy kind of feel to mm-hmm. it um a little bit more of a rock tinge but again the steel guitar slide guitar alone would again to a, a neutral observer might say oh it's a kind of a country song yeah um so definitely a rock band uh, no one will accuse the black crows of being a country band definitely southern rock for sure um, they are you know tangentially related but yeah um this song and a handful of ones from their catalog definitely bleed into the country space and i think if you like country music, you might dig some of their stuff. So the next one, actually the next two are both from artists that a, I've already talked about to Mm. some extent in this uh, episode. And also that some people would say, no, dude, they're, they're country. Yeah. But, um, but they, they don't self identify as country. (laughs) Um, their, their preferred pronoun is not country artist. So, uh, it's uh, and any excuse to get these guys on the podcast and their music, I'm going to take it. So, um, first is from Sturgill Simpson, uh, a song called "Call to Arms." So first and foremost, the, if you just play just the vibe of this song musically is the epitome of old school outlaw country whiskey. soaked. yeah, I picture a roadhouse bar room brawl. Absolutely. People are breaking pool cues over other people's heads. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. It is. It's just, it oozes old country coolness. Yeah, I agree. But, and this is why I love my boy and, uh, you know, it, what I think makes it not prototypical, quote unquote, mainstream country is the lyrics mm-hmm. and, and the place that it comes from. So th- this whole album um, is basically a letter to his new child mm-hmm. and it's called A Sailor's Guide to Earth. And it's basically how to navigate this world. So, you know, the intent was to write a letter about, you know, navigating this world. And he pulled on his own experiences a lot. And he and, and this song in particular, he's talking about his experience in the Navy. He was in the Navy for a few years right after high school. And that's what he's speaking about. And the song starts with, uh, quote, 
I done Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Iran, North Korea. Tell me, where does it end? Well, the bodies keep piling up with every day. How many more of them are they going to send? Well, they send their sons and daughters off to die for some oil to control the heroin. Well, son, I hope you don't grow up believing that you got to be a puppet to be a man. Holy shit. So it's a guy playing country sounding music talking about the military. Yeah. But he's not blowing the military like Toby Keith. Right. It's a guy saying this is bullshit. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's very not country. Yeah. Right. And I think it's stuff like that. If, if you ask yourself, why is Sturgill Simpson not maybe celebrated? And, and to some extent he is. Mm-hmm. He won a Grammy, I think for this album, actually, okay. for Best Country Album. But that was considered kind of a shock. Okay. Because he's outside the establishment. Yeah. You can imagine with lyrics like that, the same group that is, you know, God bless the USA, uh-huh. you know, fuck those other people that don't look like us. Uh-huh. How are they going to embrace this? Yeah. This isn't winning a country music award. Right. Yeah. So it's, and that's why it's kind of, it's not mainstream. Mm-hmm. It can't be. And, mm-hmm. and, and believe me, the last person who gives a fuck about being called country is Sturgill Simpson. So, um, but great song, great album. Also has the, uh, his cover of In Bloom, Nirvana song on it. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah, and a handful of other uh, super great songs. And and the performance of this particular song, Call to Arms on SNL, I highly recommend going and finding it on YouTube. And pay attention to the few these few things when you do. Number one, look at the energy of the band. Watch how much the band enjoys being there. They're smiling. They're playing off each other. Uh, everyone's playing their ass off. But specifically, watch the very end, the last 10 seconds or so. Sturgill smashes his guitar. And looks in the camera with this kind of stern, pissed off look on his face. And it's very much a a call to arms, I mm. think, for country music. For mm. music in general, country music, like, wow. what, would someone please fucking take this seriously? Yeah, I Because love it. I can tell you're not. It's a very, just watch how he looks in the camera. It's very confrontational. And I think he's trying to send a message that, like, okay, top that. Someone do this. Yeah. So. I, I remember not know, having only heard the name in blogs and then seeing him on SNL and seeing that performance and go, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, that was, that's an incredibly powerful performance. Yeah, so very, very much recommend seeing that. The next song of my five that I will recommend um, comes from a guy that's pretty much always going to be linked to Sturgill Simpson in my world, and that's Jason Isbell. Uh, technically, this song, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit. Um, the song is called St. Peter's Autograph. What can I do to make you laugh? Get St. Peter's Autograph. What's that distance in your eyes? Has your faith been compromised? What can I do to help you sleep? I work hard and work for cheap. So the music of Jason Isbell in general, and this song in particular, is, again, uh, straight up. Uh, kind of sparse, but country, mm-hmm. right? It's and the twang in his voice. Um, it very much is a country song, but what I think makes it different, and I mean, frankly, better than the the mainstream country we spent the better part of an hour kind of picking apart, is the brilliant lyricism. And again, I will punch in the face anyone who doesn't think he's the best living songwriter. Um, you know, so yeah. be careful. No, <laughs> you can think it, just don't say it. I'm not going to deny it. Yeah. I- I also don't pay a lot of attention to lyrics. That's, been, that's true. That's been established. And if you don't believe us, check out <laughs> season one, episode two. That's right. Um, but just to give you, so this song is about, uh, it's it's like all great things based on a true story. Okay. And so his wife, Amanda Shires, who is in the 400 unit. Um, Incredibly talented musician. Yes. Fiddle player. And um, I, I don't remember the name exactly, but she had a very close friend, male friend who passed away mm. and she was grieving it and had a lot of memories with him uh-huh. and when you're in a marriage that's got to be a tricky place to be yeah sure you're with a spouse who i don't know if they date it maybe they did but you know it's kind of unspoken sure the fact is she's very much missing a guy that's gone yeah. and that's what the song's about Oh, okay so it is jason isbell's message to her about trying to support her and say look i get it and so i mean the, the snippet of lyrics i want to bring up here is you know he says what do i do to let you know that I'm not haunted by his ghost. Let him dance around our room. Let him smell of your perfume. Share your best remember when, if he comes through here again. Jesus Christ. So it's a message of support of a man to his wife about like, yeah, I'm kind of jealous, but I also know how much this means to you. So yeah. go ahead, yeah. go ahead and just revel in it if you need to, because I want to be here for you. Incredible. What a man. 
It's right, exactly. Which is that's what a fucking man is, right? Exactly. It's right. not about fucking pickup trucks and uh, no. don't even get me started. No, we're we're no. trying to leave the negativity behind, folks. Well, no, I mean, but but right, I mean, but that's to me that's manning up, right? Absolutely. Um, so, not to get into a, a ten minute dissertation on gender studies, but yeah, you know that this is what I think being a man is. But absolutely, anyway. anyway. Um, but again, that's not very country. No, you know, fucking Morgan not. Wallen is not writing about the, these complexities of in a marriage and jealousy, but I'm still here for you. And at Trump, I mean, if country was this, if mainstream popular country had this kind of depth and nuance, yeah. I would fucking love it. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but Jason Isbell does. And he sure as hell sounds like country. So, yes. um, you know, whether he thinks he's country or not, or anyone else does, uh, it's good fucking music. I meant to tell you, I watched, uh, the documentary oh. on HBO and, um, as a documentary goes, if you want to learn a lot about the songwriting process, it's not, that's not what you're getting. What you're getting a lot is the relationship between Isabel and Shires, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It's a, it's a complex relationship, right? Because they, um, cause they work together too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say there's a bit towards the end when COVID hits and they have to like rethink how they exist as practicing musicians and how they raise their daughter together. And, and I, I was destroyed by the end of it with how, uh, how much of an amazing dad he is and how much he cares about his family in the most uncheesy way. In a way, I think like I'm a dad and I think all the time how hard it is to balance what you are passionate about and your work and your responsibilities and with being a dad and a husband. And it is clear that he thinks about it and he's man enough to admit that he doesn't always get the balance right. And COVID helped him with quarantine, figure out what the balance was. It's just so beautiful. He's such a guy to emulate a guy who's been through some shit, right? Right. right. Full blown alcoholic, right. Yep. Kicked out of his first band, you know, like major band. What, a, what an incredible dude. Yeah. I have an ongoing bromance with him and, and I, and there were, I could have picked a, a million songs. Um, and you know, you see a song called overseas on that same album. Mm. That's about being away from his wife, yeah. which hits on a lot of those things. Gosh. So anyway, great song. Uh, great song. Yeah. Love Jason Isbell. You will hear his name quite a bit in the future. For the final one, um, I actually had a, a Waylon Jennings song here originally. And because I, it's a great song and I was going to, you know, for a lot of reasons, I thought maybe that's not the best fit and I wasn't quite sure where I was going to go with it. So I had been hearing a lot about Tyler Childers as someone who, if you like Isbell and Sturgill Simpson, you know, check this guy out. He's kind of, he's in that, that breed. So I, I literally did a YouTube search by the name, clicked on the top video, and uh, it's, it's, it's actually this song. So I um, will play a bit for you now. It's called Nose on the Grindstone. Daddy worked like a mule mine in Pike County cold. He fucked up his back and couldn't work anymore He said one of these days you'll get out of these hills Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills See the ways of this world just bring you to tears Keep the Lord in your heart and you'll have nothing to fear Live the best that you can and don't lie and don't steal Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills So that clip that you just listened to is the first I'd never heard the guy's voice before Mm. and I had a physical reaction. Like I jerked my head back yeah. when I first heard him sing. And then of course, you know, I listened to the rest of the song and you know, very Isbell esque, right. About this really sincere and straightforward, personal, emotional, you know, about, you know, people he loves being addicted to opiates and, you mm. know, and he's from Eastern Kentucky, you know, it's okay. very much, yeah. you know, and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is me bringing him up at the beginning of the journey, right? With Simpson and Isbell, I've, I, yeah. I own the whole catalog. Yeah, for sure. Here's a guy I can't wait to get into it. Amazing. I mean, just on the basis of, you know, the first 10 seconds I heard of him, yeah. of of the power, the sincerity. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not even going to lie and say I'm a fucking expert. I yeah. barely know anything about the guy, but yeah. I know that from the first half of the first song that I heard of his, like, I, I know he's going to be amazing. And it just screams again what I feel country 
maybe should be about or what it can be, Mm -hmm. which is this powerful and direct and sincere. Yeah. So that's my five. And that wraps up this episode. And uh, we thank you a lot for listening. And we also, you know, promise you we will not be this angry and political most of the time. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah. And we'd love to hear if you have some recommendations of country adjacent country ish uh, folks out there that we're not currently listening to. Right. We've, I I hope we've, I hope we established that we do actually like this kind of music. Um, Maybe we just need to learn more. So um, yeah, please hit us up on all the socials. Um, You can email us at contact at extendedplaypod.com and let us know about some country-ish people that you really dig. Yep. And that's it for now. And we'll be back next week with another episode and we hope you're back to join us. See ya. With Simpson and Isbell, I've, yeah. I I own the whole catalog. Yeah, for sure. Here's a guy I can't wait to get into it. Amazing. I mean, just on the basis of you know the first ten seconds I heard of him yeah. of of the power, the sincerity. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm not even gonna lie and say I'm a fucking expert. I yeah. barely know anything about the guy, but yeah. I know that from the first half of the first song that I heard of his, like I I know he's gonna be amazing, and it just screams again what I feel country maybe should be about or what it can be, Mm -hmm. which is this powerful and direct and sincere. Yeah. So that's my five and that wraps up this episode. And uh, we thank you a lot for listening. And we also, you know, promise you we will not be this angry and political most of the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And we'd love to hear if you have some recommendations of country adjacent country ish uh, folks out there that we're not currently listening to, right? We've, I, I hope we've, I hope we established that we do actually like this kind of music. Um, maybe we just need to learn more. So, um, yeah, please hit us up on all the socials. Um, you can email us at contact at extendedplaypod.com and let us know about some countryish people that you really dig. Yep. And that's it for now. And we'll be back next week with another episode and we hope you're back to join us. See ya. Don't jump in.